Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Fabrics is its own world. This has taken the sewing community by storm for more than maybe a decade, I'm guessing. I found out about it maybe five or six years ago, so it might have been going on much longer than that. I'm assuming that it has been. But it started in small ways with things that I'm familiar with, like spoon flour and those kinds of places. But then individual people decided to take up the mantle and produce fabrics that better reflected their own vision. This has been really important for Black women. And one of the women that we're going to talk to today who has been doing this work is Quinora Irvin. Quinora is the proprietor and host of the fabric group called Finer Fabrics by Quinora. And I'm very excited to have had a conversation with her about custom fabrics and to share that with you today. Hooray! I hear you. I can hear you. you. Yay! Oh my gosh. Girl, this is what happens when you try to be all fancy. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta make sure I set up my um my 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 audio interface and make sure the inputs and the outputs are going in the right direction. And but I see these little dots and I don't know what's happening. And then you exactly. said you could hear me, and I was like, oh wait, wait, I have, to, I have to plug my microphone into the interface and not into the laptop. Girl, I mean, honestly. Oh goodness. I was like, um, I don't think it's still supposed to be connecting. And I was just getting ready to find your number. I was like, let me text her. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, the first time the first time it didn't go through properly, and Mm -hmm. then um I reloaded it on my end and then it said connected. It, Mm -hmm. It it actually did something. And I was like, girl, after my cameo was messing up so much last night and to this morning. I was like, like, I do not need another technological, technological, I don't need any more lessons. So like, this yeah. is what I, I try to say, oh, these aren't bags, but this is a, every challenge is a lesson. I'm like, you know, what? I got plenty of lessons. Right. I just need I, technology to work. Yeah. I just need technology to work. I want it to work and I can learn later, but now I want it to move forward and do what it's supposed to do so I can get on with my life. So I am so glad that we get a chance to talk today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are very, very busy and you've got so much going on with your with family and work and your backup work. So tell us a little bit about your sewing and your sewing background. Okay. Um, oh, wait, I, and, say, and say your name. Oh, yeah, that would help. <laughs> um, my name is Quinora Irvin. I am a mother to three girls, and um, my husband and I have been married for for 10 years now. Um, so I got into sewing after uh, probably about five, six years ago. Um, I was in between my second and third daughter, and like most females, our body changes. We don't know how to dress it in conjunction with the fashion industry doesn't know how to dress us. <laughs> Um, so I turned to sewing based off of a Pinterest search 
I thought, oh, I saw this dress. Um, it was a blogger, uh, Tip Stitch. Oh, yeah. Thought, yeah. So she made this dress and I was like, that would work perfect for my body. And then I learned she sewed it. So I started following her. And that, of course, led me to the whole wide world of sewing. So um, we went to Walmart, got a basic sewing machine, and I just started sewing for me, it was maxi dresses. I had every maxi dress pattern probably possible. <laughs> um, so that's what got me into sewing. And I started sewing for myself and my daughters. And from sewing, I mean, you know how it is. You start sewing and it opens up this whole new world that you never knew existed. Um, and that's how custom fabric came into play. I yes. saw, yes, it's like a whole world you didn't know was even there. <laughs> it's really amazing. I mean, you said so many really great things already. First, just a shout out to Tip Stitched. Um, I follow her also on Instagram mm -hmm. and I really like having possibility models. That's what I've been calling them. I, I didn't invent the term, but this idea that you can look at, you can find for yourself a variety of people that show you what is possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you see Tip Stitch with this dress and you just happen to like the dress and then you learn that she made it and then you fall down the Pinterest rabbit hole and then now this whole new world has opened up for you. I think that's really very powerful to talk about how our, how we talk about in many ways how social media can be very negative. Mm -hmm. And how it can make us feel or make some people feel inadequate or feel less than. Less than. Mm -hmm. But there's also ways that it can be very powerful. And that is just one illustration of that. I try very hard to curate my feed, not to, so it looks a certain way. My feed looks like the things I like. I'm not trying to like sell anything, mm -hmm. but I do try. I try to be very careful about who I follow and mm -hmm. who I don't. And I don't, I don't want to follow someone who's going to make me feel like I need to look this way versus looking that way. Um, and when we, when we try to think about like acceptance and radical self-love, I think that that's a really important part of it is who you create. Um, who do you include as part of your context? And I think that she's a great example. And there's a lot of other really great examples of black women. So out there that I really admire and um like to just see what they're doing I'm like oh okay that's cute or I, li I like that's neat but that, I wouldn't want that for myself but I can see why it looks good for her you know mm -hmm. and it pushes us to do other things and Pinterest oh my gosh Pinterest is such <laughs> a time suck I had to take it off my phone I had to take it off my computer I never go there because I click on Pinterest and the clock moves ahead an hour absolutely I don't even look at anything, Quinora. I don't even look at anything. I'm just minding my own business. I might accidentally click on Pinterest because I'm looking for something else. And that's the mm -hmm. top search result. And the next thing you know, it's it's Tuesday. Yes. And I'm like, how did, how did that happen? Did I eat dinner? So I can't even look at it anymore. I stay away from it entirely. I just can't. I don't have that type of, you know, I know myself and mm -hmm. I know that I get easily distracted. And I will spend all day on Pinterest thinking that I have done some actual work. And it's like, looking at stuff on Pinterest, Lisa, is not your job. You might be surprised to learn that your job is actually not checking Pinterest and making Pinterest boards. Right. Um, making Pinterest boards and trying to learn new crafts. And just, oh, yes. Uh, 
Oh, it's so much. So let's talk about the custom sewing, the custom fabric um, business or the custom fabric industry Mm -hmm. and the rise of that. I feel like that has been such a great example of um, a combination of ingenuity and creativity and speaking certain truths to intervene in larger conversations or the lack of conversations that have been having, that we've been having in fabric and making more generally. So Mm -hmm. um, why don't you talk a little bit about custom fabric and how you got started in that? Um, So for the custom fabric, I got started when I saw someone, um, their fabric uh, round was geared towards NFL teams. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would love something like that. So I was very used to the Joann's, the Hancock's um, type fabrics. Oh, I miss Hancock's. I do miss I do Hancock's. Too. Rest oh, in peace, Hancock's. Me. Right. Pour some out for Hancock's. And everyone who worked there that was so helpful and actually knew the world of sewing and I could go yeah. to for help. And they had and, good knit fabrics too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. I miss them. Yeah. And, I'm sorry. Um, proceed. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this is a conversation. That's right. <laughs> um, so I had, uh, ordered some, well, I found out about who it was that was selling it. And then that kind of opened my world to custom fabric. I had just started getting into online retailers. So this was kind of like a big explosion for me. And so when I got into the custom world, another rabbit hole, I started looking at the things that were being offered and nothing was representative of Black people, like nothing. They would have fabric with mermaids on them. They would have various white people with different color hair, but Mm. no brown and black people. They would have ballerinas, same thing, ninjas, you know, that was geared, fabric geared towards kids, but none of them would be anything (laughs) that would represent my daughters or, you know, other little black boys. And it was like, we kind of knew it and it was almost like an accepted thing. Um, Mm. Like we would ask for it and they would throw in one light skinned, you know. um, (laughs) Right, exactly. This person, he he could be Italian with a tan or he could be, you know, a very light skinned black person that is not going to make anybody too uncomfortable. Right, right. Just enough to where it's like, oh, we're just going to satisfy you. But we don't want to piss off our loyal, you know, normal loyal white customers. Exactly. And uh, what kind of was the last straw in a sense was, uh, was it last year? We're in 2018. Well, when Black Panther came out. Oh, yes. Yes. (sighs) Now for every Disney Pixar movie that came out before Black Panther, there would be kajillions of custom fabric shops that would have fabric, you know, representative of the movie. That's right. There's Toy Story stuff. There's all kinds of things that are out there that -hmm. people have done in tribute or inspired by. They they, they try to be very careful. Very careful. Inspired by because nobody wants to get sued. Exactly. Um, Because I think Trolls had came out maybe a few months before. Yeah. And, you know, just other kid movies. But when Black Panther came out, you know, I was excited. I was like, okay, all everyone's going to be Black Panthered out. I'm going to have everyone in their outfits. We're going to do it up. 
you were excited. I had already planned my outfits and the outfits from my kids and some stuff from my nephews that I sent to them in the mail so that they could wear it to the movie. You know, we showed out for that movie. We know we, we showed, showed out. Showed all the way out. Had whole movie theaters booked. Had it. Yes. Part. Like it was, and I loved it. I absolutely loved seeing how we all came together for this movie. Loved. It was it was just so amazing to see on social media because you saw how it reached so many different people. That's right. Um, so leading up to the movie being released, I, we were literally waiting for these fabric groups to come out with fabric. Um, and I believe there was one. And even that one, it was lackluster to to mm. to put it nicely. Um, it just wasn't there. And it really brought up this fact of you, these fabric hosts just don't care about us. They don't care to even try to represent us. And even in their attempt to try and put out a fabric, it was more of, oh, we just want their money. Yes. I'm giving you this. Here, here's, a, here's a dark-skinned Italian. Now take that and shut up. Exactly. Here's what I'm, I'm going to give you these scraps, take it and give me, give me your money. And it did not sit well with actually a lot of us. And I think that was that pivotal moment where we just had to take matters into our own hands. And that's when I started looking into what does it take to have a custom fabric uh, company? Where do I get fabric from? Where do I get art from? Who um, is a good printer? There's so many, you know, questions that I had to look for because in addition to them not wanting to provide fabric that represents us, they also didn't want to help us. Um, yes, that makes a lot of sense. So this that this resource hoarding that you're describing mm-hmm. is a particular feature of capitalism. It's a particular feature of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. And people want to protect their trade secrets. At the same time, they don't want to fully serve black folks. And exactly. so I can I can imagine being really frustrated to say, look, you won't do it. And you don't want me to do it either. So Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to just then be satisfied with whatever you choose to give me. Mm -hmm. And and it's interesting because a lot of these businesses are seen as um, WAM, W-A-H-M, work at home Mm -hmm. moms, right? And so they are very happy about their ability to be with their families, to sustain their families and to make good income and to meet their own particular needs. And yet when they when it comes to our needs as black women, they don't want to take the risk mm-hmm. that that white people won't buy it. I mean, this is yep. this is That's a perennial exactly. a perennial issue. I went to visit um New York City earlier this week and I got to be in the audience for the very first episode of the Tamron Hall show. Ooh. And it which was great. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. She is very tiny. And um, <laughs> she is. I'm not body shaming here. I am just describing. Mm-hmm. She has yeah. beautiful style, beautiful clothes, beautiful spirit. And she said straight up in the show, like, one of the reasons that I'm working on this show is that 
And one of the challenges that I faced is that white women would not want to watch a black woman on daytime television. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking it's 2019. We are 400 years from the arrival of captive Africans in the U.S. and and what all that meant for the legacy of racism in this country. And you mean to tell me that in 2019, this is something we have to worry about, you yes. know, and we're supposed to be content with a dark haired white girl as the illustration of quote unquote diversity. One of my least favorite words on earth. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. And it's it's amazing to me because the minute we try to do something for us, they they get upset that they're not included. And it just boggles my mind how they can be so upset. Um, for instance, I had a fabric, it was called Girl Spa. And there wasn't a little white blonde girl on it. It, it wasn't. I purposely meant for there not to be. And I actually got you know, messages that it was unfair for me to exclude them from my fabric. And I'm like, how hypocritical of you, how appalling for you to even come to me with that? Because do you know how long we've been excluded purposefully, maliciously for thousands of years? And you're upset about this one fabric that I'm doing for me and my community? I think that this is what happens when you're so used to being centered that we in, in America, white folks and whiteness are used to being the default position mm -hmm. that it's so naturalized that everything is for, by, and about white folks that to name something as not for white folks seems like an affront. Yes. And so I think there's a beautiful quote. I'm probably going to botch it. I can look it up later and put it in the show notes. And it says something like when you're used to privilege, equity feels like injustice. Ooh. Mm. I don't know if you botched it up, but I felt it. <laughs> but yeah, but do you see what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. You know, we have been so conditioned to see white kids on just walk down the 299 flannel aisle at Joanne Fabrics and look at the people who are on those fabrics. Yeah. It is cute little white kids, drawings of cute little white kids. And that's what we are meant to uh, respond to. That's what we mm -hmm. are meant to buy and take it in as if it is ours. Um, and some people, this happens not just in fabrics and sewing, but also people no. who do planner, like the planner world, yes. with the planner stickers, with the stickers. people, mm -hmm. people coloring stickers brown and all of that instead of saying, and this has been some really big change. I believe, I think Capital Chic Designs now has a deal with Michael. Yes. Um, just, isn't that pretty exciting? Mm -hmm. You know, but this idea of like, what would it mean to have a black, all black planner? all black sticker sheets for sale mm -hmm. in Michael's. It would be, I think that would be pretty revolutionary. I haven't got a chance to fully inspect the line. So I don't know mm -hmm. if it's um, a mix of black and non-black folks, but I mean, from washi tape to papers to, you know, mm -hmm. to turn back to our topic on fabric, it is white, 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 
And this is what happens when, you know, whiteness is so centered to deliberately change the conversation, to do like what you have done and to say, I'm having girls spa day and it's black girls. Yes. Or to do what I'm doing with Black Women's Stitch and it's called Black Women's Stitch. It is very apparent. The logo has a Black woman with Black Lives Matter (laughs) t-shirt. If you don't get it, you just won't get it. You won't get it. And and Um, I think that's where we're at. Like, I feel like if you don't get it at this point that we are taking back the conversation, we are taking matters into our own hands at this point. I, I just don't know what to say. And I think we don't actually have to say anything because it is not our job to fix white supremacy. We didn't build white supremacy. We don't benefit from white supremacy. That's not our job to fix. Mm-hmm. Our job is to live our best lives and to thrive as however we can um, in this system that wasn't designed for us. And mm-hmm. yes, my job does involve teaching. That is my, my job as a professor is to teach, but I don't have to teach every white person that happens to exist on the planet or within my purview of conversation. Um, and there's certain things that I just don't explain. Um, and so this I think is important for us as well, because we are always been conditioned to like give the benefit of the doubt and, you know, and that's so uneven because it is rarely, if ever reciprocated, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Stitch Please, the Black Women's Stitch podcast talks a lot about sewing. But if you'd like to see some of what we're discussing, we invite you to follow us on the socials. On Facebook, you can find us at Stitch Please. And on Instagram, you can find us at Black Women Stitch. On Instagram, you'll find a lot of great pictures and compelling social commentary. In addition, you can participate in a weekly live Instagram chat at 3 p.m. on Thursdays at Eastern Standard Time. So follow us on the socials, Facebook at Stitch Please and Instagram at Black Women Stitch and get your stitch together. In the previous segment, Kenora and I talked about what it means to center blackness in the fabric, custom fabric industry. Now, let's talk about what she's going to do next and take a look at her new collection. Let's talk a little bit about what you have coming up. I've seen some fabrics. I've already, as you know, claimed some and said, oh, that's mine. Yes. That's mine. <laughs> yeah. When is it coming? Why Why is it not at my house yet? And you're like, because <laughs> it's being manufactured, Lisa. And I'm like, but man, what does that mean? I want it now so I can make my outfit. Um, yes. So I have, um, I'm calling it the inspired African round. Um, if you're familiar with Ankara fabrics or African print fabrics, they are generally cotton woven wax, uh, material. And some of us would like a similar look, but in stretch knit material. So that's kind of where this next round is going. I have two different designs. Um, because I don't want to call it African print because it's not that traditional African That's print, right. but it is inspired right. by inspired. it. And I don't want that confusion to be there. Um, so we're going to open the round on the 17th of September. And I'm going to keep it open for the pre-orders until October 8th um, on the website. So you would just go order your yardage. I have it printed and then it'll get shipped to me and then I'll ship it out to the clients. 
and from the Facebook group and on my Instagram, I have some excellent testers um, who will kind of test the garment so that way they can give testimonials. So you have a little bit more assurance in what you're buying um, because it's already been in the hands of people of home sewists, work at home, um, seamstress who may have a business uh, that can give actual information because they have touched the fabric, they have sewn with it, they have worked with it. That's fantastic. And tell me a bit about um, how many fabrics do you have this round? So I have the African inspired African print. And then I also have um, breastfeeding awareness. Uh, we know last month was breast uh, breastfeeding awareness month. And the last week of August every year is black breastfeeding awareness. And originally I wanted this fabric to kind of come out in time with that week, but quality is most important to me. So I'd rather it come out later than I wanted than to give subpar quality. Yes. Um, so this fabric is geared towards that black awareness of breastfeeding and in an attempt to normalize black breastfeeding. When I was breastfeeding my last um, daughter, it's so amazing how not only in the world, but also in the black community, how rare it is to find other black breastfeeding mothers. It's, it's something that needs to be normalized. And hopefully my fabric can start that conversation. That's one of the things I always, I have always wanted with my fabric. I want it to start a conversation. I want you to look at it and say, hey, I like that. Or, hey, what does that mean? Or let it kind of speak for you as you go out into the world. And it's a image of a Black mother, one of which is wearing a head wrap, uh, which is me normally. And awesome. it just simply says a mother's love. And to me, that's what breastfeeding is, is, is my love literally pouring into my children. So that'll also be available as well as the previous uh, designs that I've had out, such as the Juneteenth fabric, the girl spa and an Afro. It's a girl's um, Afro fabric. That's fantastic. I think I might have, I think I might've bought the girl's Afro fabric um, from you earlier this mm -hmm. year, I believe. Is that the one that um, yes. with the, the white background? Yes. yes. Those, that's one of those fabrics that I own and I only made a pair of panties because I did not <laughs> want to cut a lot of it. I was like, I have to buy this fabric. I have to have it and then put it in the collection and then never use it. Um, <laughs> which... I'm trying to get better at one of the, one of these days we're going to have a discussion on the podcast, um, quoting a member of black women's stitch who said, don't just save it. sew it, oh, but it's it, so hard. It's really hard. I don't know. It's not really doing anybody any good. Is it? If I don't sew it, but isn't it doing me some good to be able to look at it and say, look at my fabric. It's beautiful. I got it's this black fedora. It's significant. <laughs> um, one thing I love about the, um, the black breastfeeding fabric is that your fabric is doing exactly what you intended. And it's leading us to these conversations about, um, things like the, the disproportionately negative maternal outcomes for black women. Um, mm -hmm. The need for for better care, the work, the very important work that midwives and doulas um, mm -hmm. are doing with black women that needs to be expanded. Like so all of these things, which seem like social issues, are 
actually issues that are vital to the lives of people. And so this is why I have very little patience for people who say, oh, I don't really listen to these people. I'm just imagining there's people out here that might say that because they've never said it to me because I don't hear that kind of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. why does it have to be about black women? Why does it have to be about race? Why can't you have everybody on your fabric, which really means three white girls, one one red haired, one blonde and one with brunette hair. And that's everybody. Um, Right. That's, that's bringing politics into into sewing and I'm like politics it's not politics it's not politics I don't it's really not. care who you vote for well I do care who you vote for because I'm that kind of person but I mean it's about how we treat one another and how mm-hmm. do we recognize inequity and injustice and imbalances and how do we perpetuate those how do we benefit from those and mm-hmm. how do we how do we fix what's been broken exactly Especially in a culture like ours that has been erected on the brokenness of black mm-hmm. folks, exactly. you know? So yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a really wonderful journey and I've really loved watching your fabric thrive and tell me, tell us a bit about the fabric bases that you will be using. I know you mentioned um, cotton lycra, talk a bit more about mm-hmm. some of the other fabrics that people can find um, when they order from your collection. So uh, each of our rounds is something different, but generally it's the same. Um, The only one that's really different is our inspired African round. I'm not having it on any woven basis, which is usually your linens, your cotton wovens is not going to be on that at all. Because I want you, if you're going to have African print, I want you to have the authentic African print. Um, So it's only going to be available on knit stretchy fabrics and it'll be our cotton lycra. We also have two uh, weights of double brush poly. We also have Liverpool bamboo, which is very eco-friendly, as well as a organic cotton knit. So those are our main six six, uh, knit bases, which I love having that range. um, Because for me, for instance, I can buy something in Liverpool, which is one of the things I'm going to have. It's going to be a... um, kind of a business casual skirt that's made in Liverpool out of the inspired African, or you can take a completely different approach and use bamboo and make a cloth pad or um, a onesie for a baby. So having the different bases, I think really expands the possibilities. I totally agree. And I don't think I know anything about Liverpool. Is Liverpool more like a Ponte? I don't know what that is. Tell me. I love Liverpool. I, um, so Liverpool is, it can be, uh, it's mostly made out of polyester. It's a blend of polyester and, uh, spandex, but what makes it special is it has the texture of a crepe. So that, um, that textured bumpy, um, type of, uh, texture to it. I don't know why I said texture twice, but it has that crepe texture, but it has the stretch, uh, capabilities of a knit and it's thick like a pontine. Oh, so, but it's not yes. smooth like a ponte. It's no, more it's not. Okay. It has texture, which I love. It 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 works really well for me. I use a lot of Liverpool for um my my workwear because it gives it just a little bit of um. You know, if you take a basic yeah. black dress, yes, that's black ponte, but then if you do black Liverpool wear, it just adds an additional dimension to it. Okay. Okay. Oh. Love and it. it's not super, super stretchy, you're saying. So it's not like 
almost like that elastic weight fat, that elastic fabric no. that has that, that like stretches like almost to like maybe 200% of itself or a hundred percent of itself. Mm-mm. Um, this stretches maybe closer to what, 20 or 30% maybe. Yes. Yes. So oh, it has just enough stretch. Yes. It gives you a little I bit of ease in a pencil skirt for a mm-hmm. shape like mine, like a little bit of ease. Yeah. That's yes. And, and it still has that great recovery. So that way when it stretches, you know, to fit all of our lovely curves, that's you don't right. have to worry about it warping. It bounces back. Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds really amazing. Um, and you will have the double brush poly. That's what I really like. I love that for leggings. I find it so just to just to like just to rub your hands. It's just like it's just, it's kind of like minky, but not as horrible. You know, yes. Like, not as recalcitrant. I know. I'm like <laughs> this is very relaxing. I'm having anxiety. But I have these really nice leggings on. So I think, you know, all will be right with the world eventually. (laughs) But yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we're almost at the end of our time. Let me see. Do you have anything else you want to add? Anything you wanted to say that I could, um, that you want to tell people about? I will make sure to include a link to your website in the show notes as a good introduction to the custom fabric world. I think um, this has been good. Other thoughts you might want to add? I can't think of any. That's okay. I'll I'll edit it out. But you know, I'm not, we know I'm not good at editing. So all this this will probably end up on the podcast. I mean, it'll probably end up on the podcast. People need to know that like, um, I am not a professional podcaster. I am someone who loves to sew and loves to talk about and center black women, girls and femmes and sewing. And that is what I do. And um, what I don't do, apparently is like incredibly high quality editing. (laughs) But, you know, I think once you're like on podcast number 75, you're going to yes. look back and yes. say, look how far I've come. I mean, there we go with everything that we do, um, you know, because nowadays I feel like black women, we're on the rise of we're not waiting for someone else to give us an opportunity. That's we're going right. to make our own opportunity. That's we're right. going to do it ourselves. And yes, the first you know, week, first year, first episode, it may be a struggle, but please understand we don't get there. Yeah. Eventually mm-hmm. by hook or by crook, we will get <laughs> right. there. We will We're definitely get, get there. there. Well, mm-hmm. thank you again so much. I'm talking here with Quinora Irvin um, and, and the name of your business, um, Quinora, tell us about it. Is it Finer Fabrics by Quinora? It is Finer Fabrics by Quinora. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited to um, actually got to go put my order in for my fabric now. I'm talking about getting it, and then I'll be so mad when it, when the time rolls around and Lisa Woolfork doesn't have a mailbox with some fabric in it. This is exactly the fact. I do this all the time. I do, I do it too. I'll, I'm like, oh, yeah. I really wanted that. <gasps> I totally forgot to order it. I've actually put stuff in my Amazon cart with the thought of coming back to it. And then mm-hmm. two days later, I'm ready to call Amazon. It's like, where's my stuff? And it's like, oh, wait, I never clicked by. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm going to need to work on that. Um, so, yeah, no, really, I would get very upset. Like, I no, ordered this box of coffee two days ago. And it's like, you ain't ordered nothing. Right. Amazon looking at you like, um, um, I'm you to try I, again. Exactly. I see something in your cart. Usually, in order for this to work, we have to click buy. I'm like, oh, oh, OK, my bad. So sorry. So sorry. All right. You know, it's, it's all good. We all are like that. We all have our moments. Uh yes. 
All right. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending the time with us today. Um, And I will talk with you soon. All right, Lisa. Okay. Bye. Okay. I'm so grateful that Kenora took the time to talk with us about custom fabric printing and design. This is a wonderful way to kick off Blacktober, which will continue throughout the month of October. Please check out her website and check the show notes for more details. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Stitch Please, the Black Women's Stitch podcast. Let's continue the conversation. Come find us on the socials. We're at Black Women's Stitch on Instagram, where we have a very active page. And you can also find us on Stitch Please on Facebook. We also would love to hear from you. So feel free to email us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. There are three big ways you can support this project, and one of them you're doing already. By listening to the podcast, you're really helping us. So thank you for doing that. In addition, if you rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast with other folks, that helps the podcast to grow, and it also gives the algorithm that manage podcasts information that will also help our podcast thrive. The third way to help the podcast is for those of you all who happen to have a little extra change burning a hole in your pocket. And if you don't have any plans to use it to buy your 20th or in my case, 378th big four pattern, that's how many I have in my top pattern drawer, about 378 patterns. You could take that money that you would spend at the pattern sale and give it to us. We are accepting donations at our Patreon site where you can donate as little as $2 a month, or you could buy us a coffee at ko.fi and small donations are greatly accepted and appreciated. So thank you for considering that. If you would like a transcript of this episode, you can find that at our website at stitchpleasepodcast.com. And we also ask that you check the show notes where we have lots of additional information and supplemental information for what we discussed in the podcast. You can find affiliate links there for the products that we like. You can find web links to the black women that we've been talking about here on the show to elevate and center their work. And you can also find the info we mentioned about donations as well as our email link. All of that is available at stitchpleasepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. Come back and we'll help you get your stitch together.